welcome back to another episode of the Miles Driven with me, Miles. And the woefully unprepared realising we just started podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a human. Genuinely just completely forgot about the start of the podcast. So, whenever we start a podcast, <laughs> I have to get a little bit of recording time in before so that I can do the editing. And Sam likes to make noises during this period and he's making so many noises, I think he's forgotten what we're actually doing here for a second. Well, usually you'll say, have you got an intro ready? And yes. I'll, say, I'll say no, then I'll start thinking about it. But <laughs> for some reason, I just completely forgot that was part of our... Our structure. I didn't get a foreign language from you either, mate. No, you didn't get anything. No, you didn't get lucky. You got hello. Um, We'll start off today, uh, Formula One. Yeah. Just do a quick cover off on Formula One. So we're two races in. I think we can say two races in at the time of recording. At the time of recording, when you listen to this, though, the third race would not have happened. They would have just had some free practice. Yeah. So we won't be commenting on Melbourne because. Well, that hasn't well, happened yet yeah, for us. We're, we're yeah. a while away yet. But I think we, we are safe to say that Mercedes may not be sandbagging. I think well, unless, unless they're going for a really, really good comeback story. They, they could be taking it really seriously. I mean, like, listen, we're going to sandbag for a quarter of the season yeah, and then so still try and Come back to end, end all comeback. I mean, it would be impressive if they did. I, I'd say so. Um, Red Bull seems to have done it pretty well. New regulations. Ferrari seems to have done it the best. Yeah, I'd say better. What's amazing is everything that's Ferrari powered. I mean, Haas. It is so not. I have to, as a side note, I have to say, Haas. What a story. To go from the back of the grid to having Kevin Magnussen back in the seat, who is getting, I think, did he, did he get a seventh in the first? Yeah, and he didn't and get a, testing either, did he? He didn't get testing. He got a session. He did get one session in. Which is not but, bad but, when you've had a year out. Oh, uh, yeah, well, they were. T- did a you year s- and a bit. Did you see on Kevin Magnussen's, uh, I think, I don't know if it was Haas' Instagram or Kevin Magnussen's own Instagram, he was showing his physios, like, putting the muscle tape on his neck and oh, just thanking him. he won't have been doing... He hasn't been doing the... He hasn't been doing six months of neck no, training where you... I think he's still doing the, the exercise, but to not such a degree. Yeah, I doubt he's doing, need. like, the... Because the neck, the neck training looks quite intense, doesn't it? Where they put a rope around your neck and you basically yeah. have to... It is funny. Throw yourself off a building and keep Formula, it straight. Formula One drivers do look a bit odd like that, don't they? Because they all have to be fairly lean. Yeah. But then but some massive of them, necks. Yes. And some of them really have huge. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. who, I don't know whether it's Nicholas Latifi or one of the other ones. He just he really does have some great neck muscle going on, but he can't match it to anything else. Yes. So. So it's like the same size as his head. Yeah. So his head, you know, normal heads like kind of curve in towards the neck and then go down. Yeah. It's just goes down. But yeah, he's got some uh, solid muscle there. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get in a neck fight with him, would you? No. <laughs> no, you definitely wouldn't. But from neck fights to actual race results. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's just, that's just amazing. And just amazing to see Gunther Steiner having a smile on his face after yeah. a season of... And uh, not a forced smile where the shareholders have turned up and said, look, you need to start doing better or we're taking all our money yeah. away. <laughs> where Gene Haas says, look, uh, could you just, I don't know, say something nice to the cameras? Cause we're, yeah, we're, without swearing. Yeah. <laughs> And he's still it's swearing. It's difficult to do an impression of Gunther Steiner without swearing, so no. I'm going to refrain from doing one. Um, out of that, it, but it, it feels like the Mercedes power stuff is drifting backwards because we look at Aston Martin. Williams were already uh, not doing so great last season, but they were intending to improve, and especially with the team they have behind them, you would kind of expected them to have moved forward a little bit. They haven't. Um, being if anything, they seem to be going backwards at the moment. And McLaren are the big... Yes, change the from going backwards. They were fighting for thirds. I wanted to focus on Aston Martin though. Oh yeah, yeah. I just thought you might be interested in a conversation. It's, it's interesting to see such a a downward step from such a, a glorious team. 
Um, or would you like to skip over it and move yes, to another team? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just your uh, your favourite driver who's... Uh, who's well, he hasn't been there. there. That's why they're doing so badly. No, very... Um, Unfortunately, Seb has had... Um, well, he had COVID for the first race. And, and then, then he had uh, Saudi Arabian COVID. Yeah, he still had it the second race, yeah. Which, I mean, I, I'm of a firm belief it's because he didn't want to race at Saudi Arabia for obviously obvious political reasons. And I imagine was told, well, if he ever brought it up, was told, look, you can't. You, not, can, you, you can't, can't not it. turn up because well, I mean, Aramco is one of those. We're, we're trying to sell cars in this yeah. country. But I mean, like, I and their main, yeah, and their main sponsor is it. Is it so you know, so I, I think I, it was. Oh, he's still. He's either still not recovered from COVID, or he's still got it. Was the the nice yeah. PR friendly excuse. Yeah. And and also, yeah. fair play to him. It's I mean, it's, a, it's from his point of view. If he isn't looking at uh, trying to win a championship this season, which to be fair, having seen the first race of the season, where Aston Martin went clearly have stepped backwards a little bit from where they were yeah. last season i'm sure he wasn't then desperate it's not a, like when lewis hamilton got coronavirus and was out for the race was that bahrain was it yes bahrain? it was he yeah, was out george and they messed up the yeah. tires of, but i mean hamilton was desperate to get back in the seat because he needed to be yeah. there and he, i mean he looked he looked on death's door when he when, came, when he back, came back he looked like they yeah. probably just like they'd given him the first negative test five minutes before yeah <laughs> as he was walking towards yeah. the gate yeah um, so, but no, it's it's. I mean, to completely drag it off topic, off topic a little bit. It's nice to see someone standing up for their beliefs, albeit he hasn't come out and said it publicly, and it's not a big yeah, statement or anything. But obviously, he was put in a position where he couldn't do that. It's nice to see someone, even in the background, standing up for something they believe in, as a sportsman. Sorry, Sam. I'm just having a quick look on uh, Australia. I'm trying to waffle by having a conversation, but I realised that the club person I'm trying to have a conversation with was also distracted, and that's why I was waffling. Yeah. No, sorry. I, I just had a quick look for something we're going to bring up later in the podcast. I thought, blimey, that's not a bad price. I could buy that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we've lost Miles. So yeah. this, this is now going to be listening to me talk about Sebastian Vettel for yes. 45 minutes. <laughs> so just think, clearly a great step forward. Alfa Romeo uh, is the other one I wanted to talk about. Valtteri yeah. Bottas, I'm so happy that He's gone to Alfa Romeo and he isn't racing at the back. Oh, yeah. Because that I mean, was a serious it's, concern. It's a shame for him that he retired on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but they, they were doing quite well up till then. I, don't, I haven't seen why. I just... No, they, they didn't the seem together, to clear so. it up during the day because they, they pulled him in and he drove into the pits yeah, and, and then, stopped. Then so then something else happened because and then it came back to the pits and he was still there. For Ricardo, he actually had engine failure. As in, well, the engine yes, shut off on him. Alonso, Alonso also had the yeah. same issue. Sonoda, before the race began. Oh yeah, he was on the way to the now, grid, wasn't he? there's something I've, I've read about this, which is that this, there's a possible reason for all these breakdowns, and it's that the, the Formula 1, the way the rules have been written, you cannot do any more modifications to your engine for performance. Yeah. However, you can for reliability. So... If you were making the engine uh, pre-season, knowing that you can't make any more changes to improve it from a performance standpoint, but you, if you sacrifice a bit of reliability now, you can then fix oh, those reliability okay. issues over the next four years of running this engine. Right, okay. It possibly makes sense that you say, okay, let's put reliability to one side a little bit. Obviously, we still need to be finishing races. So this is why, obviously, I'm guessing Red Bull didn't want to not finish a double DNF on the first race. Exactly. But interestingly, Alpha Tauri had a, a DNF, well, DNS <laughs> yeah, at the weekend. Yeah. So that's obviously the sister the yeah. sister team, isn't so it? That, so that Honda-derived, now Red Bull Power Trains engine um, has clearly been pushed to its maximum for power and everything yeah. else, which is great. And the team sort of said, well, we can... As long as it can get the races under its belt, 
<laughs> which um, they haven't done very well. Which, <laughs> but then they know that for the next four years they're running with that power. This is the other question for Ferrari. If they've got that amount of power that they have now, with the reliability they have, because let's not forget the Mercedes, there's clearly something going on with the Mercedes engine. For it seems point- that way. I was, I was listening to, I can't remember, I think it was, it was someone was interviewing uh, Anthony Davidson. He does the one that does the sky pad, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they were interviewing him, and they were saying he was saying his theory was that um, Red Bull and what's the other team? I think Red Bull and Ferrari are quite happy with their power. Yeah. But Mercedes can't push to the power they want to go without the porpoising, so they're yeah. not able to get the power down the straight than the other two teams are without the porpoising, which is why they're struggling so much and they haven't got the straight line speed that they've always had. So they're actually having maybe to pull back a little bit on yeah. their own, so engine. that so that their drivers yeah. aren't killed. While yeah, striving yeah. from going up and well, down, well, that was the big damage. That was the big issue in uh, it, um, Abu Dhabi. Yeah, uh, was that when Hamilton was coming down the main straight, mm-hmm. and I can't remember who was coming up against. It might have been one of the Ferraris or the Red Bulls. But do you mean Bahrain? Sorry, I said Abu yeah. Dhabi tonight. I meant Bahrain. Um, when they were coming up to the end of that main straight, and you got that quite tight right hander then into yes. the left hander. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could see that Hamilton actually was having to brake a lot earlier because he was jumping up and down so much that yeah. the rear wasn't actually braking very much. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of the front is is doing the braking, but when the whole car's unsteady, and Russell after the race said that he said, "Yeah, you just can't carry the speed that you're that the guy next to you can because he knows he can brake." You know, another 10, 20 feet after you. Yeah. Whereas, whereas you you're nervous on the brakes, thinking I'm I'm going to be shuddering for the first. And also, if you think about Jeddah, there's only four braking zones in Jeddah, and most of the corners are taken at full speed. Yeah. So so they're not even really well. They're not they're really corners, are they? Because you're not slowing down for them. So if you're struggling with your ride comfort. Yeah. And which, most of your laps taken at full throttle. I think Hamilton had said uh, he because he made a. a a change, didn't he? This is a, that was the big sort of story of qualifying that he didn't make out of uh, qualifying one first time. There's a this is on the milesdriven.com um, a race report which mentions that that's the first time since 2017 he's been out in Q1, but the first time since 2009 that he's been out on Q1 on power. What was it? It's power or performance alone, if you like. Right. Okay. So yep. when he when he didn't before, it was due to. DNF or right, there was other things going on. Okay, that makes sense. What I I just wanted to quickly say was that with you saying about Ferrari, just bringing it back to what you were saying about Ferrari, what I hope we don't have is Ferrari now being the dominant force for the next four years and ending up with a new Mercedes that's Ferrari. Yeah, because the last two races, yeah, like the first race, obviously, we had Max and Perez both DNFing. Yeah, um, but the last race at the weekend, I think we can both agree, was a very good entertainment oh, all throughout brilliant. the field, but especially at the front. If you've got the front changing the changing, lead, changing hands, hands yeah. every lap, yeah, that's yeah. what we want with two, at least two teams that can do that. What we ideally want is four or five teams battling out yeah. for it. But If there could be a third in the mix, which would which would be Mercedes, but they're not quite there. Yeah, it's a shame um, it's not McLaren. I was kind of hoping it would yeah, be. I'd like it Obviously, you were hoping it was Aston Martin. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like it to be basically McLaren, Aston Martin. Uh, to, do you know what? I'd like it to be Haas. Yeah, after I like it to be Williams actually. Williams, you know, one of these uh, teams that have just had it rotten for so long. They have, but I think now they've uh, Williams have got haven't got the romantic driver lineup that you'd want. Has to have one. Yeah, has to have because they've got Mick Schumacher and yeah. Well, that's why can't I think of the other has driver? Uh, Magnussen. Magnussen, yeah. Um, something we should just mention is that um, obviously Mick Schumacher was fine. He walked away. Yes. Okay. After he was actually at the race on Sunday, wasn't he? 
Yeah, he was. They and I, and it wasn't uh, because he couldn't race. No, it was simply because that Hats couldn't race. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, to be fair, being I mean that's the only the second time anyone had been to that track. So I think it's a sensible choice of theirs to say, why would we put... Because Schumacher crashed there last year oh, exactly, as well. Yeah, exactly. So why would we risk another car? Because to be fair, the, the track... I mean, Jeddah's not my favourite track setup. It's It like, ranks I don't, I don't I, I think it's probably the worst. Uh, I'm trying to think what would be... I mean, it does give at least some, some fighting for overtaking, so we'd saw some of that. What would, what what, was the, uh, what's the other one that we had? I don't know if they, had, they never went there. It was the one that was on the Formula One game that um, was impossible to do. Uh, was it Thailand? No, um, I know, I know. It, Malaysia, was it Malaysia? No, no, not no? Malaysia. Was no. it Thailand then? No, it wasn't. It was somewhere else. But you know which one? It was I mean? somewhere in Southeast Asia. Not on the calendar now, is it? It's not. No. Okay. Um, so we can discount that. Was just that was a terrible. Twenty track. seconds of talking. Yeah, that was a terrible track. They didn't race there because of coronavirus, but they did put it Vietnam. on Vietnam. Vietnam. Yes, that's it. They put it onto the Formula One game. Yeah, that was terrible. It was a horrible. Set. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Who... I'm not sure I completed a lap. It was the it was sector three. It was just impossible to yeah, get through. I'm not sure though who actually went there and said this is how we're going to build because they built it across a lot of public roads mainly. Yeah. And you would think, well, they've got some options, and they seem to have just gone. Let's just what pick the worst, the worst ones. <laughs> yes, the worst section. It'd be of, interesting uh, to see what Miami's like later in the year because I think that could rival Jeddah. For one yeah. of the worst tracks. Depending on how much They'll effort they go cut to. Apart GP. I wonder if now that Haas are doing well, whether all of a sudden the sponsorship budgets for the Miami Grand Prix are going up and up <laughs> and possibly will get an even better race track built, but who knows? Because it's yeah, going to be a temporary be nice. deal there anyway. Um but yeah, anyway, that, that was sort of Formula One it covers off. Yeah, I, think I think this pretty much covered it off. We're going just... into this weekend, I think there's a couple of bits that are interesting a we haven't been to melbourne now for three it was three races although it's only been two years because it was the 2020 race as they yeah. arrived oh yeah that's when it got cancelled was it did, the, think, yeah. did they start practice no i no think drivers they, got in the car i don't think anyone got okay. in the car actually sorry so yeah they did 2019 so they didn't do 2020 they didn't do 2021 no so but they are done, now they've done all the refurbs to the track as well yeah so, so it's, it's gonna be a slightly changed, different doesn't it so it should be interesting to see especially because that really and, and i know we not discounting anything from the first two races of the season. No, but, but Australia's the first race of it, the season. It just it's all it feels like that because it's had an earlier place in the calendar. Because is it Australia then Canada? No. No, no. Canada's quite early on, isn't it? Because that's one of my favourite. Canada's summer. Oh, is it? Yeah, they can't oh, run okay. Canada in the winter. Blimey, it'd be snowing. Yeah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've a second to think about what I was saying. in Montreal, then. yeah. I'm well, actually... I mean, we're in April now. Uh, yeah. Well, it will be in a couple of days. From what... But... I mean, Toronto's looking okay at the minute. Vancouver's... Um, similar race but I think uh, similar to the UK at this time of year but I think they still do get some I mean if you're racing a Formula 1 race you really need 15 degrees ambient ambient temperature minimum what you don't want is zero I was (laughs) going to say do you remember when they went to Germany late in the year for 2020 they went to they didn't go to Hockenheim they went to they went to the Nordschleife and they didn't go to Nordschleife they went to the Nürburgring track yes they did yeah and the drivers do you remember it was it was cold because it was October and they said it was on the limit of what the cars and the tyres yes. could actually do. I thought you were going to bring up the horrendous memories of Germany 2018. Then. No, <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to speak about that. <laughs> yeah, Miles is just having a look at the calendar now, now that I've said that. Australia, then Italy. Oh, OK. Are we having two Italy this year? Yeah, I think there's two or three Italys now. There's two two Italys this yeah. year. So we're going first off... be Monza first, wouldn't it? No, Monza is always going to be a September race. Uh, Emilia, Emilia Yeah, Emilia, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, because yeah, we're not going to be going to Mijai because that was a terrible Formula One track. Great track, 
Mugello is one of the all-time great driving tracks for cars. Yeah. Not very good for Formula One races. Well, it depends what you want to see in a Formula One race. Well, yeah, but if, if you want, want to see that, carnage. to Monaco. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that was where they had that big yeah, accident in the restart. Twice, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then we go to, off to the US, Spain, uh, and then Monaco. So we so sort of Spain brings us back to Europe a little bit. I'll tell you what, interesting. Let's just, let's just run through the calendar and say whether we like or don't like the tracks. So we've got Australia coming this up. This is obviously just personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. So. Australia's coming up next. I like I think that. that's a like. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, I've been to that track. I think yeah, it's great. It's a like. Uh, the Emilia, Emilia Miragna in Italy. So that's Imola. Imola. So yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, US, that's the Miami one that you're looking forward to a lot. That's a no, even though we've never been there. Uh, I'll hold off judgment until we've been there. Just in, cause, okay. Because when you think of Russia, for example, yeah, yeah. that track they had in Sochi, obviously they're not. Yeah, I'm also, anymore, I'm also but, going off playing the Formula One game as well, yeah, okay, which yeah. obviously uh, I think a lot of people know that the Formula One game is hyper-realistic. So you do get the... You, you, if, if, as much as they can. Car, as you much you as get the can. experience of actually driving around a track. Uh, Spain. Yes, love that. I think that's a great track. Never completed a lap around Monaco, so I'm not going <laughs> to say no for that one. <laughs> so Spain, for me, I don't enjoy it as much because I think the track doesn't allow for... A, well, they've, they, they have re, they've re-profiled some of the corners. It's a very easy track to drive, though. It is. I'm just thinking from a, from from what gives you well, a race. I'm not sense. a Formula One driver. It's no. easy on the game. Yeah. Uh, Monaco. No, never done a lap. Never done. Are you just talking about the game? Genuinely. Well, I'm I'm kind of doing both. I don't yeah. like Monaco as a as a as a weekend to watch. I think it's quite boring. I think it's more of a procession. I understand why it's there because it's so historic. Yeah. Well, that might be better this year with the smaller cars. Yes, it's, there should be an improvement. So, I think the good thing is that. Spain and Monaco are one week apart. If you if you had a two week gap, Monaco and then another two week gap, oh, I think yeah, you're yeah. not. You'd, you'd feel, feel like, like pulling oh, teeth, wouldn't it? Yeah, it just feel like you wouldn't have had a race. So Monaco, I don't mind it as being a race happens after Spain, and you kind of know I'm watching the qualifying. Maybe there'll be a bit that happens during it. Yeah, but you know, um, from there we go Azerbaijan. Yeah, I love Azerbaijan. I think that's a great track. Yeah, I uh, yeah, for, for a street track as well. Yeah, um, and for one that. If you if you drew it on paper and you said, well, this is what it's going to be, it's going to have a lot of right angled corners. Yeah, you say People, that's going to be awful. Yeah, and then actually, it's that's given us some good memories as well. Sorry, good memories. It's got a lot of memories. Yeah, it has. so you've got Charles crashing out of the castle. Yeah, obviously last year we had two tire blowouts. Yeah, and the restart as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Seb getting and this is just recent stuff. Yeah, exactly. Really, yeah. Um, Canada after that, great, like great Canada. Yeah, yeah. Probably, that's, I'd say that's probably one of my highlights of the season, Canada. So that's happening uh, mid June. So yeah, that makes sense because uh, we go Canada, Great Britain. Yeah, well, I mean, nothing needs saying about Silverstone. Does it? A bias there is <laughs> from two British fans. Yeah, uh, Austria. Austria is a great track. Like Very Austria. easy to do on the game. Yeah, and I, I think because of the style of the track, it's, it's not quite Monza, but you're getting to that point where you're looking at it more as a. Monza esque. That's a very high speed. Track, high speed, it? and it's good for overtaking as well. It, that's, yeah, and that's again, my point, some yeah. good memories from there as well. Um, for incidents and. For, uh, you know, yeah, the thing with Austria is that was the last time we saw a genuine Leclerc Verstappen fight on track yes. because the cars were equal powered, and yeah. it was a very. In, I think it was one or two laps they traded places on that same they did. corner, and then I think Max pushed Charles. He did push him. slightly wide yeah. in turn. There was what, a point where turn two or turn three. Uh, it's it? turn three because that kink in the got... track is considered oh, yeah. okay. to, uh, second uh, corner. Um, yeah, it's, it's it'd be interesting to see how much of that pushing goes on because yeah. they're, they're both a little bit older. They'll be in different equipment because the cars yeah. are slightly different. Um, so that battle would have been much better if we'd got rid of the one thing I know we both hate in Formula One, which is sausage curves. 
Yeah, I know. Because if that sausage yeah. bear wasn't there, yeah, that, yeah. that battle continues on. Definitely. Uh, into France. No, I don't like France. As a spectator, I don't like France. Oh, I don't like it. I, as a spectator as well. It hurts my eyes well, to be- watch France. Because of, the, <laughs> because of the huge runoffs that are coloured over. Um, Interestingly, I only just learned the other day what they are and why they're different coloured. I didn't realise that the, 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 no, the blue slows you down. Oh, right. Okay. The red slows you down a lot, which is why you've got the blue on the edge of the track. Because yeah. if you spin off, it's sort of like a semi-gravel track. Yeah. The red like stops the car. Interesting. Uh, didn't Miles know didn't know that either. No, I didn't. <laughs> what I like is that the runway that they all land on is right next to the track. Oh, is it? Yeah, so if you're, if you, if you're out there and you like aviation, you can go on to flight radar and you can see all them taking oh, off okay. like within cool. a few hours. So you can see all the interesting planes they've got. Um, Hungary, after that? Hungary's a yes for spectator. It's a no for playing. <laughs> Fair me? enough, yeah. Um, Hungary, I don't mind Hungary. Um, I, it's not it's not one of the th- my. It's, it's not it, one it's of those mid, tracks mid, I wait track. for. Yeah, no. I think it doesn't get used a lot. Um, outside of the Formula One calendar, no. so I think every time they go there, it just kind of feels like they have to rubber it in, and, and yeah. you know, you, which does allow for some action to happen before the race. Yeah, it's well, just it's, it's, well, you, you wouldn't necessarily watch free practice in that. No, if you, you just, were a free you, practice watcher because that's just you rubbering in and you're getting used to. I generally try and used. catch free practice, and I, but for yeah, that, I'd, I'd do, wait yeah. till free practice three is probably the one I'd want yeah. to catch for that. Um, Belgium, well, it's Spa. I yeah. mean, you know, can't say no to that. Uh, Netherlands. Thought that, was it that its debut was last season, wasn't it, or was it the one before? Well, it's, it's, it's to... come back on the calendar after about yes. a twenty yeah, year yeah. gap. But um, very good, likes that a lot. I think they've reprofiled several corners, which I think will make for from a racing point of view, it should allow for a bit more flowing around the end of the track, around the end of the lap, oh, because okay, before yeah. you had quite a sharp right hander going into a long left, yes, you and then that. at the end, very end you've got that banked right yeah. hand. And I, I think this was the issue that happened with the two Hasses last year, Schumacher and... Um, oh, where Mazepin almost tried to kill Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he, he'd had all the speed, but then you lose all of the speed yeah. going into like three corners to the end. And then you have to gain it all back. And if you are the quicker car, you only gain it back halfway down the straight. So it, it makes an overtake sort of two, well, a mile yeah. long as opposed to it happening beforehand. So hopefully the reprofile... And a special shout out to the Dutch fans as well, because they make a very good atmosphere they over do. the weekend. They do. Um, Italy, Monza. I yeah, mean, obviously. Yeah. Singapore's back. My actual favourite race of the season, that. From a spectator point of From view. From a spectator point yeah. of view. I don't, I've never, I've done, I don't again, I think I've done, I've, done some, I've done some laps, and I think I've done okay in a Grand Prix on the yeah. game there. Okay. But it, I wouldn't... I mean, I've got obvious affiliations with Singapore, seeing as Seb has won there five yeah. times. Yeah. Um, I don't think he'll be winning there this year. No. Up next is my... Second favourite track, no, and your least favourite. No, no. I really like I really like Japan's racing. I just I struggle when we've played the game together. Yeah, it's, I, on it's, my racing it's your Monica, I've got. It? Yeah, I just I always end up getting to the the S's. The S's, yeah. the S's. I just I can never balance the throttle quite right. And if I ever do, I always feel like there's another tenth, two tenths that could be gained there. Yeah, and this, this is always Miles's excuse when I win. Yeah, if we play. Oh well, that's not my favourite track. <laughs> the worst part is you get around the S's. Anyone who's ever seen the track, you know, you have a so you come down from off the main straight. You have almost U bend turn yep, into the S's, the S's, and at that point you need to carry enough speed because yeah. if you don't, the left hander that comes up has a really cruel gravel trap. 
Well, so which is also an adverse cambered corner. Yeah, so, so, so can, it's actually trying, fly it's actively <laughs> trying to put you in the gravel, gravel trap. So great from a spectator's point of view. Yeah, and it's, I, it's good to, it'll be good to be back in Japan. The, the Japanese fans, to me, they rival any other. You know, yeah, if we talk the, about them and the, the Italian, the yeah, Dutch, yeah. the British, of course. Yeah, sorry, I didn't think so, about the Italians. If they, if the Italian team has a good weekend, the yeah. Italian fans are great. Yeah. If not, it's the deadest grumpy <laughs> you've seen. Um, where we go from there? US, that'll be for the Texas. Uh, um, I'm, I'm, I might be controversial. I'm going to be a no on that one. Okay, I don't enough. like that Grand Prix. Um, I, I don't mind the track. I think it's. I think that they did a lot of stuff with it to try and make it as the circuit of the Americas for anyone yeah. who's sort of listening and trying to work out which one we're talking about. I think they did a lot with it and we do get some good overtaking it just feels I don't, I don't really like S's on tracks to be honest I think I think for the first quarter of that track they could have done something else that would promote more overtaking once those cars yeah. get in there well I can reserve judgement for the old cars once they got in there yes there was no chance for an overtake until you were halfway around the lap the only S's that I've seen that work on is Bahrain where yeah. Russell overtook yeah. Bottas yeah yeah so you know they can make them work yeah. but, it just, but they haven't they haven't yeah. it's, I think it's just a bit too high a speed and then it Gets a bit slow and a bit quick, and you know. Yeah. Uh, Mexico, I like Mexico. Yeah, Mexico's a good track. Um, and the fans there actually seems like, I mean, from there, Brazil, Brazil, I think they're up there oh, fa- yeah. for fans and oh, for the track. Yeah. For the track. A lot of memories at Brazil. <laughs> well, it's probably looking at everything that we'll go through this season. Uh, Brazil, I, I, I love it because it's an old track that has stayed, and instead of them being, it's a bit like Spa in that way, instead of them yeah. sort of taking it off the calendar and saying we just can't do it anymore with the speeds. Yeah, they've done everything they can to yeah. keep it. Yeah. And it's right in the city. You can see everything around it. You can see flats that are just... Yeah. <laughs> well, you can uh, see favelas over one of the corners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then it all ends in uh, Abu Dhabi again. Which... Yeah, it's a shame that Brazil's not the end of the season anymore. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's been, I've got it's used been a to long it. time that Abu yeah. Dhabi has been the end now. So Anyway, I've just elongated the podcast by about 15 minutes there. So I do apologise to anyone listening. That's fine, I don't mind. I'm sure there's um, some people out there that are interested in hearing about your thoughts on yeah. racetracks in Formula 1. I'm going to get um, get told off when we finish the podcast now, because <laughs> I've gone against the schedule. <laughs> the, the the actual, the big bulk of this, is, and we teed this up in a previous podcast, is that we were going to take out an electric van. So we, we had a test booked in for an electric van. We managed to get that sorted out so that both of us could have a good session in it. I just want to bring it up, because we the one thing we talked about afterwards, and I'll let you... Just talk about some driving impressions of it, Sam, first. But the one thing I think both of us agreed on was that because... To- so it was a Toyota. Um, I'll, I'll give you the details in a minute once Sam's sort of um, spoken about it a bit more. But they hadn't tried to make it anything other than a van. No. So where the, where the sort of... I'm not, I was going to call it a gear selector, but it isn't. It's just your yeah. selector of driving forward. That's where a gear selector would be. Mm-hmm. Everything felt, as I sat in that van, like I had got into... A van. It did, yeah. Um, as I say, I'll let you sort of just speak about well, it for a we'd second. Well, a- we'd actually managed to come up with a reasonable test for it as well, hadn't we? Because need- we needed to move a sofa bed yep. from my house to yours. Yeah. So we used the the opportunity to move that. So I was waiting at home and obviously didn't hear you arrive for obvious reasons. Yes. Uh, you just appeared in my garden. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, we, so we, we, lo- the- we loaded up the sofa which fit in no problem at all, and it's a reasonably sized sort of double sofa bed, so the load bay is good. I mean, you're talking, I can't think what the Vauxhall's called. Vivaro. Yeah, so Vauxhall Vivaro size van, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. And then it was. we agreed that you'd drive halfway back, and then we'd pull over, and, and I'd take over and drive the rest of the way. 
Um, initial thoughts, didn't realise it was on, which sound, sounds obvious if you're talking you about an electric work, vehicle. So you do get the work, once you were in gear, because remember you said no, about, I'm talking on. about when we were just in on the driveway, right. waiting to go, you, okay. was, you turned it on and I didn't realise it was on. Yeah. And we did drive the, we drove the, well, we drove all the way back without the radio on, didn't we? So we were just, so we could... Um, yeah, so on the way to you, I, I tried to do it so that on the way, because it was about a 25-mile drive to you. Yeah. So I wanted to give it the best chance to be as efficient as possible, because that will come into that in, in talk in a minute about a van has the advantage of they're quite big and, and heavy yeah. anyway, so if they've got loads of batteries that give you more range, it doesn't really take away too yeah. much. Um, but it, it had one run doing basically nothing on so no heater no radio no no anything really just the headlights yeah and then it did a run back laden sort of, yeah but m- with mid, both of us usage yeah and then it did another run where it had basically everything used as you would yeah. and then, and then had an extended run with you yeah. on the way back because <laughs> yeah, you, you encountered um, a couple of road closures right, um, which we can come on to when we talk about range and stuff but but j- just Sorry, I just want to just clar- clarify what the vehicle because it was a so does it, you have a Pro Ace, so a Toyota Pro Pro Ace, yeah, and a Pro Ace electric, and what so the it's the same van on the outside, yes. That's why, for example, where the suspension, uh, sorry, not the suspension, where the transmission is when you're clicking up and down, it, you'd have a gear lever there if you bought the diesel one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to so people yeah. know what we were talking about. Uh, initial impressions, we drove. It was just uh, I'll, I'll just go with initial in, like my initial immediate impression so yeah. you drove out of my street i was amazed at how quiet it was yeah and how quiet the back was but that was because we had it fully laden so nothing was moving about what was interesting was on the way to you do you remember i got to you and i said uh, i think i thought on the way to you that it was noisier than a yeah. van because i could hear everything moving around the back but i haven't driven around i used to drive a van part-time when i was at university yes. sam actually owned a van for years yeah and so i had kind of forgotten that actually if there is something rattling around in the back of a van the diesel engine doesn't cover that up you do hear it and when you mentioned it and i thought actually the last time i was in your van i do remember that when you've had tools or anything like that in the back yeah and they've rattled around yeah the 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 noise and vibration of a diesel engine doesn't cover that so actually and in fairness that was just something that you didn't need to have in the back so i wouldn't put it down as a bad mark against it the thing that amazed me first was the pickup on speed. Yeah, that initial That's the, the, movement. The fastest and smoothest van I've ever been in. Yeah. Because it it would. I mean, it would, I don't know what the official stats are, but if you're if you're just coming onto a dual carriageway, you know, you're taking the slip road. There, it was actually it's like a U shaped U shaped slip road near me, isn't it? So you kind of got to go round the slip road and then you accelerate onto the dual carriageway. I was amazed to look at the speedo and see we were doing sixty five seventy. So we we were at van cruising speed, if you like. Yeah. By the time we'd got to, this is going to be a bit boring for the listeners, but the no, no, time we'd got to I the bridge. I think people will be very interested. No, I was just saying, referring to the bridge. Oh, because you're talking you, about you know the, the actual bridge drive. Is, don't, yeah. It's probably 100 metres, if that. Yeah. It, it, the initial pickup, and I think one of the biggest impressions I had was there was a point where I was stopped over, there was some roadworks going on, so we were sort of, I was sort of stopped. It was when I was on my own in the van. Yeah. And there was a van beside me, so transit tipper. Yeah, yeah. And then next to him, there was like a DHL delivery. Oh, sorry, behind him. there was a, So there's three vans. I'm the only one that was sat there silent because yeah. I'm an electric one. So being smug that I'm there all yeah. electric. But I, at that point, I thought, you know what? The, if you were in an automatic van right now, I don't think I would have noticed the difference. The vans I used to drive when I was doing deliveries were all automatic. Yeah. 
and that was the one thing is if you're used to a manual gearbox you have to get used to an automatic like you would anything else it just has one gear so it doesn't have a gearbox but that initial pickup when we got going that was really where you noticed that all of them sort of have to lurch out of first gear if you're in a regular van yeah definitely. to then get moving in, but in a gear. van first gear is definitely to start the journey whereas it will just get you moving it won't do anything but get you moving yeah whereas in this you basically move from naught to about 25 30 really like a breeze i'm not going to say it was instant it's not it's a van oh but, yeah we're not but, we're not talking like taken speeds no no but but it, we're talking in a, in a reason in a mediocre hatchback i'd say it would rival that yeah yeah i think easily. i don't think that's unfair to say no no maybe um, even exceed that the couple of so there was a 75 kilowatt battery range that we had with this yep um picked it up with it was 100 percent charge when we picked it up um, with 175 miles, I believe, or 176, I think you said it had on it. 100. Oh, I'm going to give a different figure. I, I, was, I thought 182. No, because you, sorry, you, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Sorry, yeah. Um, so we, I, I checked with this uh, through my connections of Toyota yep. to make sure <laughs> I had 100% charge because that was the only thing I was a bit nervous about was that um, I live in an apartment. So if it ran out of charge during yeah, well, our turns, testing... It turns out it was good that you did have a full charge right yes. at the end of it. So 182 is what it quoted on pickup. Yeah. So that's for 75 kilowatt hours. Now I'm going to do a quick bit of mass towards the end of this review on it. Because I just yeah. want to get that down for people. Because I think a lot of the time when people do an electric review, they don't really clarify what does that battery pack to energy used efficiency mean. Because yeah. if you're going to buy one and you're comparing it to... I could buy a diesel one, I could buy an electric one. Yeah, the electric one's a lot more money, so where am I making this all But if well? we can just put it at bog standard for people that aren't going to be interested in all of the detailed maths, yeah. for the 182 miles range, I think you would have been, from what we were talking about, yes. you can correct me if I'm wrong because I wasn't at the end yeah. of the journey, I reckon if you'd have carried on with the usage, you'd have probably got hundred in the 170s. Yeah. I, maybe I'm, low 170s, with, maybe high with some economical use. With 100... But I think... The quoted mileage on the screen was, was wasn't far off at all. No, was it? I have to say the only the only caveat I'll give to it is we weren't using air conditioning much deliberately. No, a but, because I didn't want yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, I, I I could probably count on on both hands the amount of times I would use the aircon in my yeah, car. Yeah, so it's just so, just for some people that yeah, like to have it on. I a mean, lot. you'll still get a bit of extra um, usage if you've got the windows open because you yeah. get some aerodynamic drag. But the, the end of it all, I think it still had about 55, 60 miles of range, and we'd done one hundred and twenty miles. Yeah, so, so you're gives, not, it gives you're an idea. Off. So at least for, I know with some cars you'll you'll get in, you'll fill up your car, and it'll say your range is three hundred and fifty miles, and you'll know that you're only going to do. 290. Yeah, if you go, but, if you go within 10% of what the range says, I think yeah. you're happy. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. The, the other thing I want to pick up about this, so I'll give it one pro and one con for a second. Yep. My negative about this particular van, and I, I don't know whether they do it because it's electric and they're trying to be more efficient or <laughs> it's a design feature, the wing mirrors are too small. They are. The too wing small. mirrors are too small. They've put car wing mirrors on a van, it doesn't work. You. I, th I think that probably is because it's electric. I, I, I don't know because I haven't reason. ever. I'm, I can't say I've ever studied the other one because I don't think it's a particularly attractive van. No, but that's just personal. So I've never really looked at the the diesel version. No. Yeah, so yeah. To look at the wingmirrors, but compared to the wingmirrors I had on my caddy. Yeah, and compared to the ones with I the had caddies on the caddies have two different wingmirrors. They have a square and a rectangle mirror. Depending on what. Depending one on which. Use. No, depending on which size. Both they have. Oh, what on left and right? Yeah. So oh, you have a longer one, I think, on the left, and a square one on the right, or it might be the other way around. 
that's okay. a standard caddy thing. I don't. I didn't think you'd ever notice. No, I, I haven't. They're, no. they're two different shaped wing mirrors. Okay. But no, oh, these okay. were too small. I mean, you'd expect to see these on like a Vauxhall Astra or a VW or a Corolla. Yeah, like that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that's that what, or maybe even one of their SUVs. But it just it, it wasn't when you were merging with traffic. Every time I did have to do that lean forward and look because I was like, I can see just enough to know that I'm not going to crash into anything as I merge. Yeah. But how close is the traffic that maybe? For all I know, someone's doing 90 miles yeah. an hour. And what it know. does need is the, um, as standard, I think, with a van. I think all vans should have a standard, the blind spot uh, lights. Monitoring. On the That's what yeah. this van really needed. Yeah, and for its it price, we'll come into its price and everything in a minute, but for its price, I would have expected it. because I've, I've just, just, I've just seen the price and yeah. I've expected That's, many, many things. The, the price you've seen is for the 50 kilowatt version as well. It's even oh, okay. more for the seven. But um, we'll come to that in a second. 10-year warranty, 100,000 miles. Brilliant. That's good. If you're, if you're getting an electric van, if you're getting an electric vehicle, and, and you know that you've got 10 just, years on the battery. Let me just check. That that, so this warranty is for everything except the batteries, because the batteries no, run out this, this is what I like um, with Toyota, is they do this relaxed thing. Basically, if you service it, I think you have to service it with them. Okay. okay. So, fair enough, you've got to go and pay Toyota dealer prices. But for doing so, you get your warranty extended. to te- like Every year you're doing it, you've got a year's warranty. Up okay. to the 10th year. So you can do 100,000 miles or 10 years of of usage and you've got a warranty and a full Toyota I've got a problem does that cover most as in covering most things as for in, example it's a manufacturer warranty if people have listened to all the podcasts I won't need to go into detail with the problems we had with the Mazda yeah would have been covered they would have been covered carrying right, okay. on to it yeah it's so the full um, full manufacturer warranty as long and as you're you go, doing if you haven't listened to all the podcasts and you don't know what that story's about that's on you and you need to go back and listen to the other <laughs> podcasts look at it yeah um the one thing I really enjoyed, though, was the difficulty with a van, uh, for anyone who's ever rented one, driven one, or drives one daily, there is a balance issue that you've got uh, usually quite a heavy diesel engine in the front, you've got no weight over the back when you've got nothing in there, and then you're either a lot heavier at the back or you you can balance them out if you, if you just happen to be carrying the right stuff. But there is always, if you're taking a corner, it's not built for that. Can I lead into this story with my terrifying experience? Yeah, this? go for it, mate, go. <laughs> so... We were coming, it was when we were coming home actually, because there's one particularly tight corner off the dual carriageway when we get to near my village where I live. And you come off the dual carriageway, the slip road isn't that long, and it's quite a tight left hander. So it? I had already done this You'd corner already done it. on yeah, my so own. Yeah. You're driving very nonchalantly towards this at about 60. And I'm thinking, <laughs> right, well, I said, I said, I think I said to you, I said, it's this one, mate. Yes. And you said, yeah. As I'm, if I was going to miss and it. And I was like, well, yeah. okay, I was just checking because you're going quite quickly. So then we get onto the slip road, he's probably gone down to 45, probably 50. I think 40, and you've just you've just 40, gone to 45. chuck it into this, and I'm absolutely not using swear words. Yes, breaking it. Yes, as we're going around this corner, and you're yeah. just sitting there like you're on a Sunday drive drinking a cup of tea. Yeah, we should point out that it was uh, the speed limit. Oh, we're doing the speed limit. Yeah, yeah well, the speed limit doesn't drop <laughs> it until doesn't, way yeah. after the corner. Yeah. It's just that corner over time. It, there's nothing coming because you're coming off the road. Yeah, but it appears. It catches a lot of people out because it appears like it's a sort of an opening it, corner. It does, and, and actually, it just really closes it's, on you. It's a really sharp it's got angle. One of those um, chevron signs. Yeah, but those it's chevron, only got one. Those chevron signs are everywhere. Yeah. And usually, if you've got a really a really tight turn, there's two or three of them. Yes. So, I'd already done that corner. Yes. And yeah. because of the, the batteries are skateboard-ish design, I'm not going to say they're completely skateboard design because it's not like a. Uh, like a ground up electric vehicle no it's not but the no. balance difference was it's, it's we turned go-kart in. technology <laughs> is what it is <laughs> i mean i wouldn't take it that fast 
in my car, your car, which is a sports car, yeah. effectively. Yeah. Uh, my other half's car. These are all reasonably sporty-ish cars. Yeah. I wouldn't take that corner that fast in any of those. George, you know the other because I would is... end up straight on into a hedge. <laughs> the other thing is that the, unfortunately that air, that slip road has been it just hasn't been maintained. So no, when you get to the corner, the, the the if you don't have quite thick tires, you do rumble about a little bit, and you just want to be go slow going into mm-hmm. it. Whereas in a van, you've got these big thick tires, you go around it, but and it, usually there the, is no body roll. Either. No, I was going to say the yeah. penalty would be lean. Yeah, you'd get so much lean, you'd especially think, oh, in I'm a high sided van like that. Yeah, but in fact, no. Round we went. Yeah, I mean, it just uh, stuck to the ground absolutely fine. So it, it was uh, it was quite so impressive. a massive plus if you want to go rallying. Yeah, or, no, not even rallying. Track driving <laughs> yes. in your Toyota Pro Ace. Yeah, but I just think it's just something to bear in mind. If you're driving around in a van all the time, you you will get that used to. You're constantly having to think, oh, I'm going to go into that corner. I better. And I've been caught out when I was doing deliveries because I used to do a lot of countryside deliveries. Yes. Late at night, and we were at night when we were driving. Mm-hmm. Well, by that point, it was night time. The headlights were on. Sometimes you can just be going into a corner, and you think, "I can it, country lane. I can do this at forty, fifty. It's fine. It's a sixty road." And actually, it's a lot sharper. And if you're in a van, there's a very nervous moment when you think, "Yeah, what?" You can just feel how unbalanced you are. I mean, I've been caught out many, many years ago by a, a corner that tightened on me. Tightened on you. Well, that some corners do, don't they? <laughs> they do. So as they you do. go into them, they look like they're wider I, I just and they the... tighten on you. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. you know which car I'm referring yes, to. The one yeah, that yeah. I almost killed myself in. <laughs> yes. So, th- as well, my mother. Hello, mum, if you're listening. <laughs> but I just, I think in this van, you would, the, if you've ever been in that situation where you just think, oh, God, if you'd been in a car, you would have been okay. But in a van, you suddenly feel that lean and you get a bit nervous because as the lean comes into it, you realise yeah, that's when you feel like you're losing control. Yeah, potentially. you realise how much stress is on that front right tire. Mm-hmm. You realise how much weight is now on that front bit of the right suspension, and actually your drive is just starting to pull away from you, pull away yeah, from you. That's when you're getting the understeer and you're not going where you want to go, which is left, and you're going straight on towards a telegraph pole that you may have to buy yeah. in a couple of weeks' yes. time. Um, so from there, so a couple of things about it. I like the fact that. And I like any electric car that does this. I know some people want them to be spaceships. I really don't. I just, if we're going to switch to, I actually, I, I like the fact that this wasn't a hybrid. Yeah, I think it, it works. It would have been easy for them to go down that road. Yeah, it works perfectly well as an all electric. It had 180 miles of range. Now, that would seem to me like a fairly genuine range. I'll knock it down yeah. to say 165, 170 if you had. If you're fully few. laden most of the time. Yeah. Um, but for the. That was the only thing is that laden. I don't know how much you would start to lose, like you would in a diesel van. Yeah, yeah, of course. The heavier and heavier you load this up, because it did feel to me when I drove to you, um, and I had nothing in it. Literally, it was just me. It wasn't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was nothing in the back I'm of it. I'm not that heavy. No, but well, even I've so, got some weight, but I'm not that big. <laughs> even so, um, no, I didn't have still... a sofa in the back. I especially didn't have you in yes. the seat. <laughs> I, it didn't feel to me like it was an unladen van. So it did no. feel that bit heavier yeah. all the time. It did when I drove it, to be fair. Yeah. And that, that showed itself at one point when we were coming up to the swap point. So Sam and I had this sort of designated oh, yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. Designated point where we sort of say, I'm going to take it to here. And we've got a nice little area we, we sort of have yeah. in our minds. And It's being, a reasonably sized lay-by. Oh, it is. And it, it was a pitch black. So at first, I probably missed the earliest opportunity to come into it. Yeah. But not too far off. And suddenly I realised, you know, on oh, the brakes, yeah. laden with us, with yeah. us in, in, 
that we just weren't slowing down and quite we, as quick as I'd expected. And that is, oh, it, is it? Is that? Uh, oh, no, that is the end of that. The is the end. Okay, yeah. And but I mean, it did stop us. Okay, it did, no, it did. The regenerative braking really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The charge it must have got out. We, of that. we needed it then. Yeah. Downsize to electric van versus diesel van. Firstly, well, we're going to still have to say the range. Although I believe that if you can fast charge this in say. 35, 40 minutes and at least get to 80%. I know I know some van drivers out there will be doing, you know, 100 miles in the morning to get to a site and then 100 miles home. But if you were doing that, you'll do 100 miles, get to site, put it on charge, hopefully on yeah. site's electricity. Yeah, we're, talk- we're talking when the infrastructure is better at this point because obviously yeah. most building sites currently won't have a charger. But if, you, if, if you've got one, if there happens yeah, to be course, one yeah. nearby, and, and a lot of new builds, Sam's just throwing stuff around the office, everyone. His, Sorry, his, my, uh, my notepad fell off my leg. Yeah. So, and I so, don't think Miles is going to be able to edit that one out. No, I'm not. But that's fine. <laughs> the list <laughs> is right. It's not spiked too badly. No, exactly. <laughs> so I think if you could do it and you knew you could go somewhere at the end of the journey to leave it on charge whilst you do whatever you need to do. So yeah. you sort of, if you've got tools and stuff in it, unload the tools. If you've got a couple of people with you, get them out. And then if it was, say, a three, four minute walk from your site or you could charge at the site, yeah. Well, you're gonna the van's gonna sit there for the next six, seven hours, ten hours, as long as you're gonna do the job. It can charge up during that time. Well, even, can... even if you even if you need to go to site because you've got all your tools in, you could go out at lunchtime. Yeah. For half an hour, yeah. just drive down the road for two minutes and just give it uh, a zap. From experience, a lot of people will sit in the van at lunchtime. Yeah. Just take it off site for five minutes if there's one nearby. I know we're talking hypothetically in an ideal situation well, here. Well, we're just but... sort of covering off the people. So that's yeah. the ones that might say, look, you know, I'm covering a lot of distance, could I do it? Yeah. I think as long as you knew there was going to be some charging infrastructure, I wasn't I, I wasn't nervous. At the, the, at the very end of this test, I came back across the motorway. and yeah. the junction was shut. The, the junction <laughs> had been shut and I was being sent on a very long diversion. And uh, I had a bit less than 50% at this point. And I, I I didn't have any range ends. I knew, and I knew the route I was going had no chance so of a your, charger. The nearest charger to you was your house. Yeah, well, not, well, your not my house, house, but it would have been Tesco the, the Tesco the or the McDonald's that's not too far away. That would have been the closest point, so that was the end of my journey. Yeah, There was nothing that I was going to get to go to until then because yeah. it was sending me through the country and it was an area of the country that I know pretty so well. I think if we're, if we're going from site long drivers to site to Steve Jones plumbing, yeah, this is what the next yeah. step is. Yeah. Then, so if we're Steve Jones plumbing or Bob the builder, yeah, or Charlie the plumber, there we go. And you're any more? We said, we said any more? I need another one. Uh, gas engineer. Sam the Joe Bloggs window cleaning. <laughs> what can you do that begins? Sam with the next? amazing gardener. Doesn't no, I want Sam with an S? Super Sam's gardening services. No. I mean, you could call it that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I think, yeah, if you were doing it just as, if you had to do four jobs in a day. Exactly. That's what I was trying to get. You're doing a multi-job. We're not, we're not, we're just to add a little star into this. We're not going to do a multi-drop delivery driver because we're not sure how many miles they do. We had this conversation on the day because that was the thing we were talking about. Although Unless I would you say. Unless you want to go into it, but we'll I, finish off with Steve and Joe yeah, and Charlie you do that, and Sam's gardening services. I think if, let's take the gardening example because it's where I'm closest to. If you're going to do five, four to six jobs a day, yep. I think you'd be absolutely fine with that. I think you would. Even if you had to stop for your lunch break and just put 20 minutes at a McDonald's, I don't think you'd have to. So this is where I'm going to get Unless your route planning is really bad. Yeah. And then um, you just need to evaluate how you run your business. <laughs> I'm going to get into this in a minute for everyone. It's not going to be heavy maths, don't worry. There's going to be nothing technical about it, but I am just going to go into the kill hours for mileage. And you'll get a sense then 
Well, of, I of found it interesting because I hadn't thought about it, and we, yeah. went, we went through it on the day. Um, the other one I, I will just cover off delivery drivers. I don't know. I don't really know the mileage that say your DPD or your yeah. But what I do know is uh, I'm trying to think who it is near me. It's not DHL or FedEx, but it's one of the other major companies that have big livery all over their vans. UPS. No, it's not UPS. It's not DHL. Um, I'm tempted to say they're yellow though, but I know it's not DHL. But one of the big delivery firms do run electric vans in my area, and I see oh FedEx. Yeah, FedEx isn't yellow though. No, no, it's not. It's, no, it's not FedEx then. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, one of the ones. <laughs> no, that, it does. <laughs> sit of, in silence yeah. until you worked it out. One of the companies that will do your sort of parcel deliveries. I, I do see them come along my street quite often, and it has an electric van. And I actually, oh, okay. I, I'm actually pretty sure it's one of these Toyotas. Oh, okay, in that's that same. case, that's probably that answered. Then it probably does work for them. It probably we just we did we didn't know, and we don't know anyone that no. does know the exact sort of what well, the rough mileage they would do. A because day. when I did delivery, uh, when I was say when I was doing it part time um, at university, I only ever did the four hour shifts. But I know yeah. that I'd cover about a hundred miles. I could cover in a day when I did I did the odd Saturday. The van would cover about two hundred and fifty ish miles on its longest day. Yeah, you were venturing out into the sticks as well. I, I, that was the bulk of the deliveries were sort of out. I, mean, I don't know how, like your DPDs or how their routes work, whether they would well, have. What I was going to say is for those drivers, I remember when I was there, I had to have a break every set number of hours. Yes. Yeah, and you, so, yeah. for example, when I come back on lunch, the van was stationary for an hour, got loaded up, I went and had my lunch. So you could In that hour, it, it could have been charged up. Yeah. The the downside to all this, we just don't know what the degradation of the battery exactly. is. Exactly. But if but they're offering a ten year warranty This then... is this is what I think is a yeah. big pull. If you are looking at a van and you're looking at an electric van and you're looking at your options and saying, Look, I know they're expensive, I know this, I know that, we'll come on to the price in a second. But I think people will overlook the Toyota van because in the UK particularly we buy, you know, the Ford, the Vauxhall, yeah, that's your Renault immediate... traffic. Yeah. You just assume the they're gonna be the big the biggest and the best. Whereas if if you can fit everything you need into one of these Toyotas and you can have a 10-year warranty that's covering you, that makes that transition a lot easier. It does, and answer. a bit of a gamble by a Toyota because they don't know. I mean, they'll obviously have someone, they'll have had much have better brains than us yeah. working the maths out, but they don't know real world what their 10-year degradation is going to be like. So they may have to replace all of the battery backs on all of their vans, I, but I, they're committing to doing that. I would be interested, at the moment. I'd be interested to know what point the they consider degradation a warranty claim. For example, yeah. if you walked in after three years and you said I've lost ten percent charge, I want a warranty claim on the batteries. So they probably tell you to turn to, around and leave. Yeah. Please. But I so I wonder at what point this is that sort of question of when is someone bald? Are they bald if they have two hairs? Are they bald if they yeah. have fifty hairs? Are they bald if they have five hundred? Yeah, exactly. It's it's that point of what do, do they say seventy percent? Or do they say You'd be bald if you had like two and a half thousand hairs, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Um that thing of do they say uh, if it degradate if it's seventy percent after two years they consider that overly um, degraded, and so that's a warranty claim. Whereas if it's seventy percent after ten years they consider that acceptable. I don't know. That's yeah, I mean, I think I think once you get to fifty percent at any point in the, in a warranty period, I think yeah. you've you've got a claim. But if you're talking ten percent after a year, yeah, I think they probably still tell you to. To, um, to turn around and and so the other interesting point and this really comes into anyone who's looking and, and sort of thinking about I don't know what to buy next I don't know I really am against this idea of trying to look at an electric car differently to an, a petrol or diesel car yeah it's just if, a car it's a vehicle yeah and whatever it's run off 
people i think this comes a little bit off the tesla uh, look teslas are teslas people who buy teslas they're probably not buying anything else it's a separate anomaly tesla yeah. really isn't so it? we can put that off to one side the rest of the electric car game if you like mm-hmm. is manufacturers who are trying to work out what percentage of their customers today want to have an electric what percentage want to have a hybrid how many in five years are going to change their mind and then when the legislation comes in that says they can't i don't agree with banning uh, anything no. i think let the consumers pick and at the minute the problem with these are still the price so this pro ace as we had it yeah uh, so we were higher we are we're talking a higher end anyway aren't we yeah well just, to, just to to set to set people's minds to where we were we're not in the lowest spec with the lowest power. Well, they only do one spec on the electric, and it is the higher spec. Okay, but yeah, we weren't. Yeah, you're we right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. We're, we were. We had basically the top of what okay. you could get, and it was with metallic paint rather than uh, the white that you can have it with. Just right. just to get the, the cost out there, um, it would be fifty nine thousand three hundred fifty five quid. There's five grand off, which I think is the government incentive. So it's forty four as you would buy it. Walk into your Toyota dealer, say I want to buy one. Forty-four thousand three hundred and fifty-five quid, which, considering, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna grab out for you what would be their offering if you were to have their non-electric. Yeah. It's concept. it's do you know what? it's nice to see a website where you can just get a price on a car oh, tell without me about having it. to build the car first. <laughs> tell me about it. And then you get to the end of building the car and it says, oh yeah, if you'd like to call us, we can tell you about this car that you designed. The, the the stuff that we when we're looking at and we we say oh we'll bring up a particular car for the podcast it's so difficult and to, to get a price yeah. for a car um, the regular Pro Ace starts at thirty one thousand nine hundred eighty five pounds okay so you're talking the, a fifteen grand give the, or take the base electric fifty kilowatt I don't think you want that one but I'll go into it in a second is thirty eight thousand and five quid that's no you know it's white fifty kilowatt that's the, the lowest spec you can have with the incentive off the money the, the electric discount money off it so seven grand off uh i don't really want to say like for like but as close to like for like as you can get yeah, between yeah. a base electric and the base pro ace that is just a diesel and then what did i say 44 for yeah 44 so then with fifth uh you're 13 around yeah around the 15 difference. mark one of the things that people uh so if you're listening to this and you're considering electric vehicles in any way and you're just doing a comparison because People will talk about the environment or whatever else. We can put that off to one side for a minute and we're just going to talk about cars and vans and vehicles as you want to buy them. The the thing you need to be looking at is how many miles you'll get or kilometres, depending on where you are, per kilowatt hour. The easy way for, for me to give you that figure is to give you it per 10 kilowatt hours because it will give you a bit more like a per mile per gallon or mile per litre, kilometre, a litre per kilometres. I'm just going to carry on for the next couple anyway, of minutes. I don't want to interrupt you. So the van was doing about, I think it was averaging, with us in it, for the for the journey, it was doing about 2.4 miles per kilowatt hour. So for 10 kilowatt hours, it was doing 24 miles. 10 kilowatt hours, if you were paying that at your electricity, most people's electric at the minute is expensive, but 15 to 20 pence, um, could be about 25 pence if you've got more of a newer rate. So about £2.50 for every 24 miles that you were travelling in that van. Yeah. Okay. So that just gives you a a rough idea. So if it has the 74 kilowatt, then you can times up from one kilowatt hour, so about two and a half miles, to how many kilowatts you have. 
And that's the, the sum you can do, doesn't matter what vehicle you're looking at. So if you're looking at a Nissan Leaf, a Porsche Taycan, a Tesla Model 3, or a Pro Ace Electric, what you really need to know, and I think manufacturers don't want to do this because they're hiding the capacity of their batteries behind putting more batteries in. Yeah. So they're putting huge battery packs in as an answer to range. The trouble is, it's the reason why aircraft can't be electric. Yeah. The more batteries <laughs> you put in, the heavier it gets. The heavier it gets, the more energy it needs to move. So you put yeah. even more batteries in to you make end it cover up in the more. endless cycle. So a plane would need so many batteries to get off the ground that it would struggle to get off the ground. Yeah. And then at the other end, it would have to land all that weight. That's the problem they're trying to resolve and why hydrogen fuels and e-fuels will probably be a better answer for for, for jet engine or for, for, for aircraft. But may also be that we look at that for, for vehicles as well, for cars. You know, Toyota is the one company that is still talking about hydrogen power combustion engines oh we're not sponsored by toyota but well, well, just <laughs> we're not sponsored by toyota I sorry really i've make... been really quiet for the last minute or two because i've just been counting our bags of cash from toyota yes exactly. i just want to make that clear there's no, there's no affiliation with toyota here they, they were very kind of us to give us a vehicle but there was no it was just a case of toyota are one of those companies that are trying to say let's have a look at all the options other company porsche are another one actually to be fair yeah. Um, who are sort of saying, let's look at all the options that are available, not just headlong into one way. And so what we've got with the Pro Ace is 74 kilowatts. I think they could have easily put in 100 kilowatts, yeah. 120 kilowatts. At that point, if they put in 100 kilowatts, if you're getting 2.5 miles per kilowatt, it's 250 miles range. Yeah. But you're adding more weight, so possibly you don't get 2.5 kilowatts. Really, all electric manufacturers to me should actually be aiming to increase the miles, kilometres that they get per battery that they put in. Yeah, definitely. Because it, that way you get to a point where you say, actually, the battery pack only weighs as much as a combustion engine. Yeah, and at this point, we're then at a really sustainable... Exactly. Is that Then it's just future. how do you get the batteries to be more sustainable in the first place? And, of course, you're not going to get manual gearboxes and the, the, some of the thrill of the noise. So there will there is still a space for combustion engines. But we both said we didn't hate it. No, the uh, fact that it was an automatic, there was no noise apart from the slight whine. And gives you that whirring noise as you're does, running around. But we both enjoyed it. For a van, I if I was actually in the market for a van right this minute, well, you made, buy... you made a really good analogy saying that the only thing that that replaced from a standard van was the clattery diesel. And if you like a clattery diesel when you're driving, then I think you need to reevaluate what <laughs> yeah, you like yeah. from an engine. But that's the thing is that a lot of people talk about the the stuff that we. Uh, are looking to replace has some emotion to it if you're looking to replace a v8 mustang if you're looking to replace even a four-cylinder i know they're not the most sonorous but you know if you're there's this character about that it gives the car uh, replacing that with electric that's more challenging replacing a workhorse diesel engine with something that doesn't make any noise yeah, uh, there's nothing wrong with that at no all. You're, you're not losing the character of, of what the vehicle is so i don't think there was any great loss there the only thing i would say is that to me, it was an upgrade, actually. Yeah, it was. From being in an automatic van. I had a smile on my face while I was driving it, yeah. and I was excited. I mean, it was the first time I'd driven an electric vehicle, but it was exciting to drive. Yeah, it just... I mean, anything might be exciting when you first drive it. For example, I'm borrowing my mum's car this week, and it's been exciting to drive it because it's different. Yeah. But I don't think I'd get bored driving that, and I don't think I'd get bored driving the electric vehicle no i think this is the thing of the people talk about a transition to electric with a little bit of fear but actually if what you're looking for is a workhorse so it has to do a job 
it doesn't have to provide you with some sort of emotional enjoyment in the way of, yeah. say, a performance car would, or have some character that many cars do for a, for a whole host of reasons. This is a commercial vehicle. It has to do a job. And what they've replaced is the bit about it that... Was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the diesel engine, you really want the diesel engine around you. And you, you. could say the same about a small hatchback or anybody that just wants a car for a functional reason that's not emotive at all about what mm. they're driving. The you only... Know, Sorry, Sam. No, no, it's fine. That that point was pretty much finished, to be fair. (laughs) The only thing I would say is that at the minute, if you buy the diesel van, obviously it's cheaper, and you can get your diesel on a receipt and get that off your tax at the end of the year. Yes, this is what we were trying to work out. We were talking about that. I'm not sure how you would do that if you're charging up. However, we worked out... Now, the the cost saving, we worked out to be about half price. We did, and we worked out that... We were talking. We were doing lots of hypothetical sums, weren't we? Including putting your own charge point on your house. Yeah, we were doing the maths on how it. long it would take to repay that, and when you'd effectively just be getting free. Well, when you're free. just having the saving, yeah. when you're, you're, you're just not having, the having savings, and yeah. it wasn't as long as you'd think, was it? I think we worked out it was about six months. Yeah, if you installed a charge I think point for on you, your house, for you with your mileage, it was four months. For yes. you with your mileage. With my mileage and my current energy use and cost. And your current bill, because we actually got your electricity yeah. rate out so we could see what well, your We actually got my out. updated energy bill out. Oh, they what, they, what they said what they said it's going to go up to this month. Yeah. So just it's just a side note for everyone out there that we we sort of did do some maths afterwards and it's about half the price, I would say, from what we worked out. Servicing all those things like that can come into it of what you'll save because no oils, no repairs for bits and pieces going wrong it should be a case of on the button every morning starting i had a neighbor for a couple of years who had an older what did he have an old fiat um fiat van oh, what's it called? Oh, it's like a shooter or something yeah anyway it doesn't matter I, I just remember the poor chap a few times especially in the winter seeing the aa come out oh, for him okay, for the yeah. fifth time that <laughs> just because it, the van had got old and the, the engine really was the part where it was it was on its last legs and that was costing him money every single time. If you've got a battery pack, you press go, you leave. We did say, well, that was one of our questions, wasn't it, as to where the the the, the money back scheme for the companies is going to come into this. Mm. Like currently they get a lot of money through their servicing and all that sort of stuff yeah. and replacement parts. Where are they? Oh, the manufacturers up, and the dealers yeah. we were talking about. Where are they yeah. going to make up this shortfall? And the government with their... With their fuel, the amount, with their, their the amount of fuel duty they yeah. get, where are they going to make up this shortfall? It's going to have to come somewhere. But obviously, that's a hypothetical question yeah. for a, a probably a, quite a few years' time. So, well, just to, for three things on the van, I think I liked this van. I don't think the wing mirrors are the right size for it. That was my uh, thing I didn't like about it. When I got in the passenger side, it was it was absolutely insistent that there was another person in the van with us and it kept was. leaping. That didn't the, say that when I was in the passenger side. No. Of that one, yeah. Um, but it was insistent someone was sat next to me for about a mile. Yeah, until we realised you were just too wide. Yeah, to I was sat on one seat. Yeah. Uh, so that was a bit of a negative, but driving-wise, especially as I say, from the sensation of being in a van and just being able to move off the line and get to thirty miles an hour without any great big effort or noise or anything else like that. Um, low capacity was good, probably not class leading, but good. So it depends what you need it for. And positioning and what you had inside, they weren't trying to do anything special. And no, that, for it me... It was a nice place to be. It was. It was just like a new van. It was just like walking into a dealer yeah. and saying, oh, you know, I've got an old van, I'd like to look at a new van. The only thing you'd have to get used to is the where the speedometer is... Well, obviously it's still there, but what's next to the speedometer 
is no longer a rev band. It's yes. a, what looks like something from a warp drive on a spaceship. Yeah, and it gives you this thing of how much uh, energy you're using. Yeah, because there was, what was it, saving eco and power and power yeah. yeah and you can set the so savings for when you were breaking and it's recovering yeah. energy and you can set it to like an eco mode so that it's yes. doing a lot more regenerative yeah, yeah. braking or standard standard or power mode yeah. where so if you're in power and power <laughs> yes then you're just sort of warp speed charging yeah <laughs> and the only other thing is and i know it shouldn't really be an issue but uh van drivers were driving past me at illegal speeds and i just want to make the point that i wasn't because i feel like this van really at 75, yeah, maybe just a touch more. It that's feels comfortable where... there. Every car's got a point where it feels comfortable. Yeah. We were discussing this with the my car is that went past him was comfortable to 120, I think, from the way oh, he passed me. I think me. so. He was on yeah. his way there. The, the Mercedes <laughs> Sprinter van that decided he was going to pass me no matter what. And yes. I was on the inside lane doddling along. I wasn't trying to race anybody. That, I think I said to you at the time, because you said, well, you know, you feel like you wouldn't want to push it any further. I said, well, that's not necessarily a bad thing. No. If it keeps you within... I know everyone's going to say the speed limit's too low in this country and all this sort of stuff, but that is the speed limit. And if this feels comfortable and keeps you at the speed limit, yeah, you every car's got a natural point where unless you're hammering in it yourself, yeah, you'll sort of naturally just throttle down a little bit and you'll sort of sit and cruise. If that yeah. van's natural cruise is at seventy or seventy-five, big on no worries. You can just drive all the way down the motorway through the average exactly, speed yeah. and not get a ticket. And it didn't. It wasn't like it because it didn't have an engine. You you got a little bit of whir from the motors. I think that's what I noticed. About seventy five, yeah. the whirring just got a tiny bit, ever it, so slightly louder. It, I mean, we're not talking about a washing machine going onto the fast spin no, versus no, no, the regular. No, no. It was just if you'd had the radio on loud enough, you wouldn't have heard it. And we did test that. You didn't have to have the radio on ultra loud to drown this out. You had to have the radio on at background level. I would say mm. to drown that out. It wasn't like you had to have it. Uh, oh, this is a banger! I'm going to turn this up and yeah, range yeah. my way down the road. I think we had like the sports talk radio in the background. Yeah. That's why, because it's obviously there's and it times was, when it's it was worked too. It was like it was like the first two podcasts that we did where I sounded like I was in a different room outside oh, yeah. the water. Yes, you had to have it on that volume. Um, anything uh, and the other sort of positives I want to bring out was just how flat it felt going around corners. Um, well, the hand I'm never going to get over the handling of that. Yeah, just just because it was a van. <laughs> even when even when we had to do the frankly emergency stop in the lay-by, <laughs> the, yeah. it, it it didn't feel unplanted and the sofa didn't go anywhere. Yeah, that's true. Um, which was nice. So Sam's score. Well, what, what do you want to give it as a Sam score? I'm trying to take away the excitement Steering, of being. Uh, sorry, specification, acceleration, maneuverability. What would you? I mean, bring it, just bring if, it all if, back in. If I'm bringing it back into that, it's got to be a nine or a nine point five. If I'm, well, not, I'm, saying, I'm, not, compa- it, I'm not comparing it to a P1 Sam Van score. Yeah, there you're we not go. comparing so it to a McLaren P1 or yeah. a Senna or anything. Are yeah. you? But for a van, nine point five. Then I'm going to give it uh, everything. It was everything I wanted from a yeah. van. I would give it an eight point five, but then I would give a Transit more like a seven point five. What would you give in my Volkswagen Caddy? Your caddy, after having driven it several times, after the last time I drove it, because I that yeah. was that was when I realised how gutless that yeah. engine was. Because most of the time I'd been driving, if it, you had the higher power, one point six as opposed to the low power, you had seven. Yeah, only because I, I love that car. So. Only because though, well, generally with our Sam scoring, I'm a lot I'm a lot harsher than you are. You'll yeah. give a, I, I'm always I'm an extremist of, of Sam scores. <laughs> yes, you'll give a one or a nine. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I think. Did I say eight point five? You did, yes. Yeah, eight point five. I, I think, think that's, that's a that's so a very good score. An, an average miles driven Sam score is a nine for the van. There we go. Which I think is fair. Uh, we can cover that off with that. So 
That's good. We'll um we'll try and get in at some point. I think Ford would be the next obvious pick. A yeah. Ford Transit, if we can get a full electric. It's just difficult because I think well, there's a shortage of new vehicles at the minute. Everyone knows about that. Getting hold of especially commercial stuff. Yeah, for test drives is, is not well, interested. Especially trying to give it to us two to do as a yeah. review for the yeah. miles driven. It's Are just, you looking to buy this? Well, quite obviously we're not. No, <laughs> you know, and, and fortunately, some places, that say, depending on the relationship that you can build with them, they're willing to let you have it. Um, but let's say if we can get maybe a Ford Transit full electric when we can, and we'll we'll bring this up and we'll we'll do a comparison to that. Definitely. But my 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 real negative would be if you go and buy one of these, go and get yourself a new pair of wing mirrors, or get <laughs> yeah. get some the little. Uh, uh, you want the caravan ones? That you yes, stick just, underneath. just something additional to it. Um, but from load and all that sort of stuff, the amount of stuff you could yeah, take in it. I'm really really impressed. So that covers off the van. Last bit of the podcast. Then we're going to talk about BMW. It's a BMW that everybody forgets, and I will challenge you as you're sat there and you're thinking BMW that everybody forgets to really think about what this could be. And I'll give nobody's you... going to get it. I didn't know this existed until about two hours ago. So 2006 is it right? You said it was 05 to 05 to 06. Yeah, so it was actually it... middle of 05 to middle of 06. Yeah, so I think most of them are going to be 2006 06 yeah. plates. Okay, um, it's a. Ooh, do you want to give? Yeah, I'll give a bit more. It's a three series, and it's 2006. What do you think it is? I'll give you a second. Sam, if I gave you that, what would you think it is? I wouldn't know. (laughs) I just just wouldn't. (laughs) Um, It's so forgotten. And I think it's forgotten because it wasn't anything... If you looked at it on a piece of paper for stats and specification, if you saw one drive past you, I I would almost guarantee at some point one of these probably passed you and you had no idea. So you've had your chance to have a guess. It's the BMW 320SI. A lot of you were saying, like, I can hear the collective, yeah, huh? Oh, yeah, don't, don't know what I'm talking <laughs> because, about, and I'm not laughing at you because I'm still saying, huh? What, what I'm amazed about, I've just found the I can only find one of oh, these, he's, on all... he's gone back to it, guys. And I, I told him <laughs> the rough prices as he was looking because I, for once, everybody will be delighted to know that I actually spent some time doing some research you while did? other people couldn't be bothered, so I, I did it in the middle of the podcast. I believe I was doing my regular, um, well, it's in, well, you my do regular you. job, you do you. <laughs> But yeah, I told Marston prices, and he's obviously since found one this for much right? cheaper. So he's not, you've lost his interest because he, what he wants to do is tell me to get in the car and drive him to buy this car. So BMW 320SI, let's just go through a few things. So you've got, for visualising it, if you're driving along listening to us and you're trying to visualise what it looks like, it looks like a BMW 320 uh, E90 saloon with an M Sport kit on the outside, uh, M Sport kit on the inside, but with a different set of... I don't know if I'd call them multi-spoke because they're not as spoked as a, most people would call multi-spoke, but they're they're a di- it's a different set of wheels from what you would get on any other of the M Sport kit. So that's what really to, sets to it get apart people from a... really in the zone of what they're they're trying to imagine in their head. It's something you'd either see doing fifty-five or sixty on the inside lane, or sat behind you with some blue smoke coming out doing eighty-five yes. on the motorway. Yeah. Um, do you want to do the details on this one, Sam? I can do, because I actually did what, some research what, for it. So what makes it special? Because I'm sure that's what a lot of people well, are sort of sat I, there thinking, I can, why I is can this? read out the specs, and you can tell me why it matters. Because you know about the car. I've read up on the car. So okay. I've, got, I've got some te- technical stuff. I'm just going to comment for you, Sam. You know this one I've seen. I'll give, yeah. you, I'll give the listeners all the details in a minute. <laughs> first, the first four words are the four words that I always like to look for. Yeah, usually if Miles sends me a, a car and he says, good news, Sam, or guess what I found, or the other day, I need to find it in a minute. I'll find it for the end of the podcast when you're talking in a minute. 
but you usually start it with a this is good for me. Yeah. Or, this, the isn't first, this a great miles purchase? The first four words of this advert are not a great starter. The sort of thing that sells ch- sends chills down mine or my mum's spine. Yeah. Right? It's going to end up on a driveway. One of your driveways, <laughs> yeah. Go on, so details of this car. So I'm just going to read through the page I've got. You can stop me and interrupt as and when you we'll want. Give, give one line of it and then we'll okay, see if so it's worth I've got 2005, 2006. Yeah, I think uh, most of them are going to be a 2006. I've, I've got written here, poor man's four-pot M3, which to me is absolute gibberish, but I'm sure you're going to elaborate. I think it's just someone, whoever's um, whoever's written that in whatever article you found on it, I think they're just being a bit overly critical. It was never meant to be, basically BMW Motorsport have sort of come out and said, what could we make? But we're, we're not trying to compete with anything that comes from our M division. We're just no, trying but to... If it, I mean, if, it's com- if it is competing with an M car, it's obviously a good car. So. Yeah, but you, you, it's really from a more handling perspective. I mean, this thing's not, never going to keep up with even a 330. No. I'm anyway, sorry we'll, to disappoint we'll a lot of people who think, oh, <laughs> what is this car? And then I'm saying it's not going to keep up with a 330 and they're not but, I mean, we'll move but... on to some actual things. So the engine is a unique engine for this age was hand-built in Hams Hall and was built to meet the requirements of the WTCC, which I believe is the UK World Touring Car, Touring car Championship. Championship. That's what it was. <laughs> I, I was so confident going into I know, that. you and were. I, I thought you had, had it. And then I, you I just it. got to the T and I was like, what does the T stand for yeah. again? <laughs> but yeah, anyway, do you, want to, do you want to carry on talking? Sorry, I was, I, Miles is just trying to buy a car. No, I was just, no dead air time I was, there. I was laughing because I'm looking at the pictures of this one that I found for for two thousand pounds. The front, the front tires are too large. They look bigger, as in the side wall profile oh, of the yeah. tire. The side wall profile. Like someone's from, put off roading tires on the front. It, when you look at a wheel and you look at the side of it, it's the back ones look about right. The front ones look like like someone's put off road tires on the front of it. So anyway, sorry, sorry, Sam. What right, did so you say? It was. It's got a hand built. It's got a hand built engine. Yeah, which again. It's all out. So yeah, this it? is this is compare. Yeah, and compa- uh, performance wise, this is comparing to a similar, uh, the exact same aged three twenty i, which would obviously this is the three twenty. So it would have been an E ninety shape. So that's yeah. that's the two thousand and five that carried on until two thousand and twelve. Yeah, that's the shape you're thinking of in your head if you can get that there. Um. So pre facelift. Yeah. Sorry, the three twenty i developed one hundred and forty eight horsepower. This develops 170. The 320i did the 0 to 60 in 9 seconds. This does the 0 to 60 in 8.1. And I couldn't find a top speed for the 320, but this has a top speed of 140. Yeah, and speed really isn't why you would buy one of these. It's more the case. Well, no, BMW... I'm used to seeing BMW saying 155. Yeah, because that's where they're limited. <laughs> BMW did this more as a, a side sort of celebration or project or something. I, I put it yeah. that way. You're owning something that is rare. And has some meaning to it because if you buy a 2008 320i M Sport, they had 170 horsepower in those engines. So yeah, at yeah. the time it was more powerful than the equivalent 320i, but only a year later they upgraded the standard one. And yeah, but so. I think like you were saying, this was all about the handling. This car really, so it's got recalibrated shocks, springs, torsion bars, and bushes. And it's got special, specially developed 18-inch alloys, and it's got the 325 eyes brakes. Yep, that all makes sense. Now I'm gonna. I asked you to do one bit of research for this podcast, and I'm about to see whether you did it. Oh, go on. Because this car is Valvetronic free. What does that mean? Do you know what? Everyone's was... crying out to know what Valvetronic means. Yeah, I think that's just an electrical electrical control. Now you think or you know? I I don't know because I Martin looked up do his Valve. research. Cancel the podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I did. I looked up what Valvetronic was, and it got very technical. And I thought I haven't got the time to do some proper. Do you hear that, guys? He hasn't got the time. For Only you. because you did mention it to me five <laughs> minutes before we walked in here. And... Yeah, well, you sh- you shoved me under the bus with me hello today. So. <laughs> yes, fair enough. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have a Valvetronic system on yeah. it. Uh, so yeah, back to the suspension. So basically, it's got upgraded everything's. Yeah. Okay. Or redeveloped everything's. Yeah. And the the article that I read actually ended with the line that this is a car for a purist that lacks 20 or so horses, which yeah. I, I think is a fair a fair sign-off for uh, it, if you will. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, the thing is, it's not look, it's not going to set the world alight, but 8 seconds 0 to 60, that, I know a lot of people have got used to hearing 5 seconds, 4 seconds. If you're on the road, you're never doing 0 to 60. What you're doing is a lot of 30 to 60 and yeah, around those and it'll speeds. pick up okay there. And actually, there is a lot more enjoyment to be had from revving out a gear to get between 30 and 60 than being there in a second and a half with an auto gearbox car that just, you yeah. know, I mean, I'm Wait, not taking, can... I'm taking nothing away from something like a Golf R that has a DSG and you can just go bong, 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 down three gears and then get there. But it, you know, if you were, if you were eating ice cream. The thing is you're not, you're, as a passenger, you're not enjoying that looking at the road because your head is back in your seat and you're looking at the, the roof. Trim. The roof, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're going backwards. As everyone's heard on the recording of you throwing the seat back. <laughs> well, up. I was just trying to give everyone yeah. as if they were there. But I said, if you had some ice cream, you want to sit and enjoy it. Yeah. I don't want to just gulp it. You could you could finish an ice cream in a few seconds. Just chuck the ice cream down oh, your throat. It would hurt. Though, it would hurt, it? exactly. A lot. <laughs> but you finished your ice cream. Oh, I've had yeah. the ice cream. Well, you've got to 60. That was the... the Who are these people that live that efficiently? They, get they, they wake up in the morning, showered, done. <laughs> just They just walk through some water. Right, I'm showered. Coffee, drink that, burnt, burnt throat, off we go. Let's Do you know what? They're definitely, I've worked with, when I was selling cars, I've worked with people like that. They they got to work at the earliest possible time, sold as much as possible and left. And I just thought, I wonder what they do in their spare time. Well, imagine they I go home and just decide, right, well, I'm eating now. Yeah. <laughs> done. Yeah, right, exactly. now bed. Yeah, exactly. And they just passed <laughs> out for 11 hours. <laughs> Um, so my my notes are going to be blown out of the water by what you've already told people, but it's saying a crash repaired one, you'd, you'd be looking around seven grand. Yeah, because they're rare. Two. They're rare. Um, a showroom quality with under fifty thousand miles. You, it said don't look for more than fourteen to fifteen thousand. If you are looking for one, it's over that. You're probably being overcharged a little bit, yeah. but in the current market, yeah, this you're going to have inflated prices, yeah. or as you found, massively deflated prices. Well, the, there was an issue, wasn't there, with these engine blocks that they yes, engine cracking. Yeah, um, the blocks and so would crack. Uh, this one that I found for two grand on Auto Trader was seventy thousand miles. We're in in what they're calling a very rare carbon black, and to be fair, I only remember seeing these in blue. So fair enough, but. Uh, they've written on the advert. They they think the reason that it's struggling to start is because it has a engine wear slash issue, and yeah, it's almost and guaranteed just... that that engine wear slash issue is that it's got. I, I don't even know what you'd have to do. Yeah, I, I can tell you if you can do it. If you can waffle for a second, but I'm just wondering whether you would go to BMW and they would be able to sell you um, whether it's a head or whether they would be able to sell you. Well, I don't think they would okay, sell you so, any sort of repair, but it's yeah. aluminium. Yeah, so, so it's got aluminium cylinder sleeves. Okay, uh, so there along is a, with okay. thin cylinder block walls, but they said what you can do to to combat this is you can replace it with I think it was steel. But yeah, if you just bear with me for you two can probably coat seconds. Let me find out if you can talk for a sec. <laughs> uh, the other thing I was going to bring up is a very quick conversation because I had a quick look at it. I was wondering whether RX8s are a good buy because they're rotary engines and because just for a bit of having one, a bit of nostalgia. No. People are trying to charge people. I don't. 
This... Sorry, it was sorry. I'm going to jump in because I just found it. Oh, okay. So the well, che- bit in a minute then. <laughs> yeah, the cheapest repairs, um, replacing the aluminium sleeves with cast iron ones. Cast iron. Okay. So you could do that, and that yeah. would solve the 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 engine. Kind of takes away issue. though. The... But please continue with your. Oh, yeah. say, no, so we can finish on the BMW 320SI. I just think it's a rare car, and actually, if you if you if you like your BMWs, if you are interested in them, and you're one of those people that says. With everything getting so fast and faster and faster and faster, I'd rather just have a rear-wheel drive saloon that I can drive, push, and not worry every five minutes I'm going to lose my license or be just be doing a totally irresponsible speed. And have something that's a bit interesting. If you ever meet an enthusiast out and you say, oh, I've got a BMW 3 Series, but it's, a, it's an SI, and they'll either know or you'll have a chance to have a great chat with someone yeah, and, and tell them about it. It's one of those cars that looks very understated, but it's a conversation piece. Yeah. If, if you want to have a conversation with peace, peace with people that know what they're talking about, they'll be happy to have a chat with you about it. If you this. park that up in a car, at a car show's car park and, and went to go into the car show, you'd definitely find someone somewhere yeah, say, what, oh, is that an SI or have you just put yeah, wheels on that? You'd see people walking past it and then double-checking back at the badge. Yeah. Whether you want to talk to those people is your Yeah, that's your completely up to you. Not that we're judging anybody no. that goes to those sorts of shows. But and if you do want to buy one to fix it up, because you you know, you, that's what you like to do, and I'm well, I'm right there with you. Uh, there's one on North Trader. He's also severely tempted to buy the one on North yeah, Trader. Yeah, two grand. Only seventy thousand miles. I know it's gonna need a, a lot of work probably, but you know, it's all good fun. Oh, I was gonna look for the start to that. It's message. in bad condition as well. It's the sort of thing you'd say, Well, it'll only require Yeah, you can look for that message. I'm gonna finish my story yeah. at RX. It'll only require six hours work on an engine out on your on your drive. Um yeah, if you can just rent a cherry pit, uh, so not <laughs> yeah. cherry, uh, an engine um lift and we can we can go yeah. from there. The the thing I was gonna bring up was I, I thought RX eights, I used to sell RX eights, and I just thought, well, when you're not gonna get a chance. It's very, very unlikely that rotaries are gonna come back. And they had got very, very cheap. A lot of them then got taken off the market and people then sort of said, well, if they break, I'll just break them for parts. Unfortunately, when you've got not a huge number of people looking to keep them on the road and you've got a lot of them being broken for parts, it really depressed the values to the point where you could buy a early one, say a 5304, um, 231 horsepower. You don't want the 192s. They just all need to be broken for parts. The 192s had a five-speed gearbox. The 231s had a six-speed gearbox. And if you're listening to this in the UK, the easy way to tell is a 231 will have xenon headlights, so they'll have headlight washers on the front bumper, and a 192 does not have xenon headlights. They couldn't be options, so it has a smooth front bumper uh, just below the lights. It won't have a, a little washer there. But I thought, well, actually, it might be worth a mention now to say if you're out there and you want something for, say, a £1,000 to have fun in, and you are a bit of a hobbyist and you do want to learn about an engine and take things apart and you just want to be a bit different, go out there and, and, and see. You could probably buy one because it probably won't be affected by the crazy used car prices. No, I went onto eBay and <laughs> broken ones were 1500 quid. People who were trying to get the, the later R3s, which if you are interested in RX-8, the R3 is the one to go for, but you pay a, it's the high tax and everything else, so don't be afraid just to get in a, an 03 and 04 and 05 and have the lower tax at least save some money the pz model is a very nice one but it came in on 56 plates so they are all in the higher tax band but the prices were outrageous pz's people wanted six seven thousand pounds i thought the stuff you can buy for the equivalent money that doesn't have basically supercar levels of maintenance required for nowhere near supercar performance 
is, is just is just madness. So unfortunately, the used car prices. If you were interested in one of those, which I'm sure many of you weren't, but maybe if I'd said it was five hundred quid, you might have thought five hundred quid. I've got a bit of space out the front. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind having a something I can enjoy for now. But no, they're they're outrageous at the minute. So if that changes, I'll let everyone know. But what was this message, Sam? Go I on. found two. <laughs> right. you, know you can explain the car because right, there's no swearing in it, so that's good. Yeah. This Good. one, I was at work, and this was 10.40am in the morning. Excellent. I received a link, yeah. and the text that goes with the link, it says, on a level of 1 to 10, how arousing is this for a miles purchase, MOT till next Feb? Yeah, I bet you were. <laughs> Which I was a discovery. Were... I don't oh, know if you can... <laughs> that was a beauty. £1,500 for a Discovery 3. It only had 211,000 miles on it. Um, so 211 on it. It had slightly discoloured body panels um but it was described as running and driving it was an hse model it was not described as anything else it was a pearl exchange into a garage and yeah. condition wise not the best as i say very very high mileage the 2.7 tdv6 engine um, if anyone knows too much about them there is going to be a sort of buyer's guide that will come out about the range rover sport on the youtube channel we have yeah, we're coming to the Range Rover Sport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that has some tips about the engines you can get in that. The 2.7 TDV6 had an issue with, I think it's the oil pump, which can basically give up, and that can end up to crank failure, and it's a whole new engine. So so you said this to me. The 2.7 TDV6, for a second, it's it's one of those engines where if you get a good one, they'll run and run and run, but there is a, a upgraded part you can fit. It doesn't guarantee you're not going to have a crank failure, but there's enough out there. Genuinely, when I was looking at Discovery 3s, there's enough out there that have covered 200,000 miles that you think, well, maybe the internet's got a bit excited here. So you said, I said, how about the bills? And you said, <laughs> I said, oh, was this the reply I said, to that I said one? good Lord, Miles. And you said, bargain of the year, you mean? Yeah, 1,500 Genuinely put it in my watch list. Although having read about the £10,000 bills festering around older discoveries, I'm slightly deterred. Yeah, because Only there's, slightly. there's things like uh, if the handbrake cables <laughs> fail, you have to remove the whole back end of the car and things like that. There was there was so many problems you could have with an old discovery. So as a nice end, to the, probably end to the podcast, I yeah. imagine. Yeah. The next morning... At eight sixteen a.m. Yeah, that's my breakfast. I received a not a link this time, a picture. Fifty five Land Rover, 55 Land plane. Rover Range Rover Sport, four point two V eight supercharged mega spec ULES compliant. The te- the text that went with this, one hundred and sixty two thousand miles with two weeks MOT left and warning on the dash to check brakes. As you can imagine, my interest is high. <laughs> yeah, it was high. Do you know what the mad part of all of that was? That thing sold for three and a half thousand pounds. What was the only thing that put you off? Can you remember? Um, it had a short MOT. No. I think that was no. The was... thing that put you off. The was, only thing that the, put you off. It was a fifty-five plate, which meant it was the cheaper tax as well. So I was I really think you would have bought that. this uh, if that if, hadn't if gone it hadn't so been wild. At a car disposal site place. You only view it if you win the bidding. Yes, I think that's the only thing that stopped you buying that car. I don't know. I think it was just the price. I would have quite happily walked into that blindly. You said, this is the only reason you haven't started your day with a message saying, Sam, quick. Yeah, because we couldn't literally just go there. That that was a, that was a beauty, that. Yeah, so, I mean, there's many more. And we have said for a while now, and I think we should pencil it in soon, that we are going to do a podcast on the miles 
it's one of the ones the coming up used car in fact stories it is most likely one of the, it's, it's probably not the next one but the one after so very very okay. soon uh, it's coming up as, as cars that we've, that we've both missed out on yeah because we've talked about it and said actually this isn't so bad gone to look at it and then for whatever reason not gone ahead with it and then really regretted yeah. i think within that podcast we'll have a few disaster stories of ones you have bought or i can certainly have some disaster. they won't just, have all of them there's not I, enough time we, we could fill many hours of just the adventures we've been on to buy cars for you so i think i think that's going to be quite a good one i think we're going to be recording that this weekend coming uh, yes so. so that for everyone who's listening if to this, listen to this now two weeks a week's time yeah if, if you are if, listening just so you know the schedule you you should be getting them Tuesday morning, Saturday morning. That's that's our schedule for release. So we try and do two a week. We have managed to keep two a week from the beginning. Our intention is to continue doing two a week. So you'll get Tuesday morning, Saturday morning. If you enjoy it, share it with people. That Because sharing it, it does actually really help us from a point of view of for every time one person shares and that person shares it to someone else or even follows us, however they do the rankings, it really makes a big difference. Just, you know, you wouldn't think that a few people increase but i think they do it off the number of increases so if you have a few weeks where you've got a good number of people listening but it's the same number week to week you start to drop off in the rankings and then unless you are set to follow us which by the way follow us on whatever podcast app you are so you do get the reminder that we've got a new one out but if you get the same number you start to drop down the charts Okay. I guess because someone else is going up the charts, yeah. but uh, and we laugh and joke, but it does take quite a bit of work to to do each one really, mainly on your own. <laughs> mainly on your half. No, I, mean, but... I have to. I mean, for example, I'll finish work and I, I'll have to take an evening or two a week. Yes. Where I'll yeah, yeah. Right off the evening because I'll come straight from work, come here, we'll sit down, having both of us done a day's work, yeah. and we'll just sit and talk for. And it, it's it's weird. I mean, we're gonna I could rattle on about this for ages. When you're sitting and just talking, it's not like having a conversation because you have to. You have to remember there's a you third remember, person yeah, in the room. And you have to enunciate class. and, and yeah. you can't drop off at the end of a sentence and all this sort of stuff. And, yeah, I mean, and, and Miles, in fairness, I'm not I'm not nice to him very often, but he does put a lot of effort into editing these podcasts and doing the advertising and sticking stuff up. And that's yeah. the nicest thing I'm ever going to say. So that's probably the, is the nicest <laughs> thing, yeah. Yeah we, we, yeah, we don't want to go too nice to each other. Yeah, it's going to end to a love story, this podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's time to end. Yeah. So, uh, as I say, if you, if you want to follow us, you can do... Um, Sam, I think, is going to be putting up a... There's a story you were going to put up. Was it the Honda Civic? Yes. That's going to be going up pretty soon. Yes, it will. There will be race reports. So there are... If you're want to, if you a casual observer of Formula One... And yeah, the race reports are good to go to. Yeah, they are, so. especially if you've missed the race and it's sort of... You're just... you know Before the next race, you think, I wonder what's happened. They're not... I don't do them in a long format, so it's not like you're going to be sat there for 15, 20 minutes. It's it's designed so that you get everything from free practice one to the end of the race in about a five to ten minute read. So that way you've just got an idea of what's going on, who's doing well, who's not doing well, what happened outside of the front of the pack, what happened at the front, and then it's a can... good it's a good way to set yourself up for the race weekend. If you, for example, it'd be for people that maybe don't have Sky Sports and they just watch it when it's on Channel Four, and that's yeah, I don't know how that's just working wanna... this year, but I'm assuming it's going every few yeah. weeks like it was before. You can sort of reset. Oh, this is where we're at. Right, I'm set up for this weekend. Yeah, and, and so you'll be doing your review of uh, a Honda. Honda Civic. We've, we've there will be an article that will come up eventually. I have to be a bit careful with what, how we how we work things between us to get yeah to stuff up. But the the one thing I was really interested in was after having driven this electric van, and really going into it with you and talking about if we were stood right now looking at an ownership perspective, how would we actually work out? And I think this is the big thing that a lot of people miss is how would you work out? How much it's going to cost you? Because all you get told is the range, 
for the battery size. Most people don't know how much their electricity unit rate is and then how that relates to this, that and the other. Actual cost. There was a journalist that pointed out the other day, they said most, and I didn't know this, but most households are limited to seven kilowatt hours at any one time. Oh, okay. So if you had two electric vehicles parked outside charging, and then a friend came over and said, oh, do you mind if I just whip my, you know, charge my car up quickly, or you just had a party or you had a load of people, you could actually start to get very close to your limit of what you could. And for some areas of the country, seven kilowatts is the maximum. It doesn't mean everyone's got a seven kilowatt, you know, after that you go to commercial, so uh, commercial usage. So I'm I'm just pointing out that uh, there are a lot of things to consider and it just becomes a bit of an interesting topic. And I know, again, for some people, they'll think, well, I, I just want my sports cars. Well, that's great. And I agree with you. And I think you should be able to keep having sports cars. And this is probably why people who are into motorbikes are quite content at the minute. Yeah. Because they're still getting, you know, a motorbike. People are talking about electrifying them. But unfortunately, with it's electric. Going be, it's going to be much more difficult because of the profile of a motorbike compared yeah. to a car. And plus, if an e bike can do, say, 40 miles an hour and someone can sell it for a thousand quid or whatever, and a scooter can do. Well, I mean, I'm not saying legally. I'm just saying these are things that... Yeah, well, so I've heard people you... tuning these scooters up to sort of 50, 60 miles an hour now. So... Sort of ones that you get on Lime or whatever else yeah, the companies yeah. are. So. I saw a video of a guy the other day going through London. He was jumping from the street to the road, but it was like a dual carriageway coming up next oh, to him. So, you know, in London, you do get some dual carriageways yeah, yeah. that are, say, 30 or 40, but it was going into a 50. He was just keeping up. I thought, that guy is... Brave and stupid. Yes. Because uh, yeah. if you, mainly stupid. If he comes <laughs> off that, that's it. There's, I mean, he had yeah. nothing. You know, no protection. But anyway, I just wanted to pick that up. That there is some interesting conversation happening. And if you are someone that just says, "I buy a Golf or I buy a Focus or I buy, you know, whatever every three years," and I don't know whether this is the time to go for an electric one or to go and buy another petrol one or another diesel one or hybrid or all that sort of stuff. I think there's some interesting conversations we can have there, and we'll. We'll do that in the future as well. Yeah. But the big thing for me is starting to ask the question of how many miles do I get per kilowatt? Yes. Because the more miles you get per kilowatt hour, A, the further you can go on a short charge. So if you can, if you think in 10 minutes, you if you can get 10 kilowatt hours in a battery pack in 10 minutes, which mm-hmm. you probably get more than that, actually, you probably get more like 20 kilowatts. But if it does two miles and you can get 20 kilowatts in, so it's two kilowatts per kilowatt hour, 20 kilowatt hours, you've got two miles, so that's 40 miles of range in, say, 10 minutes. It just gives you an idea. You know, that sort yeah, of time yeah. when you think, oh, I just want to get home, I'm just going to put a fiver's worth of diesel in and just off. Yeah, exactly. I've had yeah. that in an old job. Someone said to me, can I borrow a fiver? I've left my wallet at home. I just need to get home. And he had a diesel golf company car. Mm-hmm. Put a fiver and he went home because he just knew that he could get. So yeah. you just need that sort of mass. Yeah, that's what you need. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As I say, you can check us out, themilesdriven.com. The most driven. Yeah, I think this might be our longest podcast to date. Oh, potentially. Uh, it probably is rivaling it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, congratulations. <laughs> the Mars driven on Instagram, which is more my side of it. Yeah. The Mars driven on Facebook is more Sam's side of it. We do both sort of go across. Yeah, Mars has been a bit more heavy than that recently because I've been busy and slacking. Yes. Yeah. And then Twitter is. We both can go onto that. We both actually got logins for that. Yeah. Um, I don't man it as much as. Instagram. No, I will start taking it over. I, I've I've just had a bit I've had a very busy few weeks with work and stuff so I have been neglecting this side of life yeah. but I will get back to it in the next couple of weeks. So. But most of all, we do really appreciate that you you stop and listen to us. We you know so thanks for actually taking the time. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you join us for the next one. Yep. Until then, we'll see you then. 